bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, August 18, 2020. I hope that you and your family are safe and well. In today's Tax Credit Tuesday podcast, we're going to start with a topic that I expect many of you have been following an update on negotiations over COVID-19 relief legislation, as well as how tax incentive proposals fit into the conversation. After that, in part because this week is the Democratic National Convention, I'm going to talk about two key details, Vice President Joe Biden's tax proposals. And if it wins the election in November, briefly, what some of these proposals could mean for investments in tax incentives next year and beyond. I'll focus on corporate tax rate and capital gains tax rates. Finally, I'll share the latest qualified equity investment issuance report from the CDFI fund, including the amount of new market cash allocation authority that remains to be issued. If you're ready, let's get started. Negotiations appear to continue to be at a standstill among the House, Senate, and White House of the next phase of COVID-19 relief. In last week's podcast, I outlined several areas of the screener. Those areas include the overall cost of the next COVID-19 relief package, the amount of weekly unemployment insurance to provide, and the levels of aid to state and local governments. These issues continue to be sticking points. After more than two weeks of negotiation, members of Congress have left Washington for their August recess, and they're not scheduled to return until after Labor Day. That said, if a deal is some another reach during the recess, congressional leaders can call back members to Washington for a vote. Also worth noting, Politico reported yesterday that Senate Republicans are planning to introduce a skinny coronavirus relief bill today. The bill is expected to include $300 in additional weekly federal unemployment benefits, and they will continue until December 27th, also an additional round of Paycheck Protection Program loans, and an additional $10 billion for the U.S. Postal Service as well as liability protection. Now, two GOP sources told Politico that the skinny coronavirus bill could be attached to a continuing resolution to keep the government funded past the September 30 deadline. Congress, as you know, has until September 30th to keep the government funded and avoid a shutdown. And while these various negotiations are on hold, so too are discussions of cash credit provisions that could help with the government recovery, such as establishing a minimum 4% welcome and tax credit rate, extending the new market's tax credit, as well as monetizing general business tax credits. I'll continue to provide updates on these issues in upcoming podcasts, and I'll tweet them out as well. Now, on the election front, the Democratic National Convention began on Monday yesterday and continues through this Thursday. Joe Biden is expected to be formally nominated as the Democratic candidate for President of the United States today, Tuesday. And he's scheduled to give his acceptance speech on Thursday night. That'll be a day after his running mate for Vice President, Kamala Harris, <coughs> is scheduled to give her acceptance speech. With all of that happening, this seems like a good time to look at a few key parts of tax policy that Vice President Biden supports. Biden has rolled out several provisions as part of his Build Back Better plan. Now, there's a lot to tackle, so we're just going to focus on a few items here, starting with corporate taxes. 
Vice President Biden proposes to increase the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. As you'll recall, that rate, the corporate tax rate, was 35% before the 2017 tax reform bill. So Biden's proposal would return the rate to halfway towards the previous rate, 21 to 28%, where it was 35%. Now, if Biden is elected and his 28% corporate tax rate plan is enacted, there would obviously be some significant effects on tax credit equity pricing. But in order to increase the corporate tax rate, a President Joe Biden would likely need a Democratic-controlled Senate and House. Now, the House is currently controlled by Democrats. This is why they expected to stay Democratic after the election. The Senate, however, is currently controlled by Republicans. But some of the latest predictions give the Democrats at least a 50-50 chance to take the Senate in November. If Democrats control the House, Senate, and White House, then a higher corporate tax rate does appear likely. Now, at first glance, a higher corporate tax rate would increase corporations' appetite for various tax credit provisions. Specifically, that would include the long housing tax credit, new markets tax credit, store tax credit, and renewable energy tax credit. Now, if corporations have more tax liability, they likely have more interest in tax credits, which can be used to reduce that liability, and this additional interest in tax credit, all that other thing being equal, would mean higher cash rate equity pricing. But all that other things are not equal. For example, another proposal from Biden is for a 15% minimum tax on book profits for corporations with at least $100 million in annual income. Book profits are the annual reported net income. This is somewhat similar to the alternative minimum tax for individuals and the former alternative minimum tax for corporations that was appealed. Now, this comes into play because the tax on book profits would set a minimum amount of tax that corporations would have to pay. And it's unclear if such a minimum tax, if enacted, could be offset by tax credits. If the minimum tax could not be offset by tax credits, then the minimum tax would serve to damper corporate investor interest in tax credits. Also worth noting, Biden does support legislation to expand the long housing tax credit and the market tax credit, and also supports increasing the store credit percentage temporarily in restoring and expanding renewable energy tax credits. If these tax credit expansions happen, then there would be more credits available, which should also offset upward pressure on tax credit equity pricing and greater corporate tax liability would cause. And then we should also note as we witnessed in 2017, economic value for low building tax credit is greater at higher corporate tax rates. So a rise in the corporate tax rate increases the economic value of the long housing tax credit. The impact of the corporate tax rate on new market tax credits, the store tax credits, and little energy tax credits is much more moving. Now, the point is that under the Biden tax plan, there would be significantly more corporate taxes that could be offset with tax credits. But there could also be a minimum tax and more tax credit, more supply of tax credits. So on balance, you'd expect equity pricing to rise. It's just a question of how much. And it's also subject to all the other variables as in how's the economy doing the rest. So it's very difficult to predict what impact all this would have. Another area I wanted to highlight with respect to Biden's tax proposals is the taxation of capital gains. 
Vice President Biden proposes to tax capital gains for individuals at the same rate as ordinary income. Now, corporations already do not have a lower capital gains tax rate, which means that for corporations, the Biden plan to increase the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%, but also increase the corporate tax rate of capital gains from 21% to 28%. Now, for individuals, under Biden's plan, the top rate for capital gains and ordinary income would be 39.6%, this for high income workers. Once again, the capital gains tax rate for high income earners would be 39.6%. Now, Biden's plan doesn't define who are high income earners. We'll note the current top rate for individuals who make more than 518,000 annually, couples earning more than 622,000 annually, 37%. So we might be thinking of those keeping the same threshold for high income. And capital gains currently are taxed at 23.8%. So going from 23.8%, to 39.6% would definitely be a major increase. These higher tax rates of capital gains, most notably, would affect the opportunity zones and sectors. Individuals and corporations receive tax incentives if they invest capital gains in opportunity zones. The incentives for investing include the deferral of capital gains income, as well as reduction in that reported gain if they meet certain holding period requirements. So in 2020, this year, and next year, 2021, individuals and corporations may be less likely to invest in disease opportunity zones and defer capital gains for fear that such deferred capital gains would be subject to higher tax rates in 2026. But on the other hand, investors in OZs get to exclude from income any appreciation on their investments in OZs if they hold those investments for 10 years. Higher capital gains taxes at the end of that 10-year period would increase the value of that deferral. On balance, it does remain to be seen of the potential for higher capital gains taxes in 2026, combined with the potential for greater benefit of the tenure deferral, how those two balance out in terms of the level of investment and opportunity zones over the next two years. There are many more details in moving pieces to Biden's tax proposal that, if enacted, would affect tax incentive markets next year and the years to come, as well as a broader economic environment that would affect the tax incentive markets. I am working on a larger analytical piece that we'll be publishing at Novogratic uh, in the next uh, couple of months. Uh, in the interim, though, for my Washington Wire column in the September issue, Novogratic Journal of Tax Credits, I'm going to focus on some of what we might see in terms of tax policy in 2021 and beyond if the Democrats take the Senate and keep the House and Biden wins the presidency. So in other words, what could happen in the terms of tax policy in the case of a Democratic sweep? And you can read that column by subscribing to the Novogratz Journal of Tax Credits, and I'll include a subscription link in today's show notes and tweet it out as well. And I'll talk more about tax incentive issues in the context of the election in this podcast in the coming weeks. Shifting gears to other news, last week, on Monday to be exact, the CFI Fund released the August QRI issuance report. That's the New Markets Tax Credit Qualified Equity investment issuance report. Now, according to the August QI report, the cumulative amount of new market cash for investment is more than $55.7 billion in 16 allocation rounds. That amount is about $158 million 
more in equity investments since the, the CDFI funds July QI report. The amount of new market hedge allocation authority remaining to be allocated is around $5.3 billion. Now, that $5.3 billion includes the 2019 allocations that were announced on July 15th at the amount of $3.5 billion. As a reminder, we do expect the 2020 range of the new market cash credit to open later this summer or early fall. If you need assistance preparing your new market cash credit application, please reach out to an overgetic expert near you. Well, that brings me to the end of this useful book. A quick reminder, the Novogratic Historic Cash Rate Virtual Conference is coming up in five weeks, September 24th and 25th. And we're looking forward to welcoming Senator Bill Cassidy of Louisiana as our keynote speaker. Senator Cassidy is a longtime champion of historic tax credit and was a driving force behind protecting the 20% historic tax credit during tax reform in 2017. The Historic Tax Rate Conference is going to also feature important discussions about the current state of the historic tax rate equity investment market, ways to build a deal pipeline, and more. We're expecting more than 400 virtual attendees, and we're working on developing some really exciting networking sessions. So be sure to save your spot today by registering on it. Registration link is in today's show notes, and I'll tweet it out as well. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogratik & Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.